Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, everybody. This is episode number, oh, fuck it, 148. Okay, it's episode 148, and that's all there is to it. I'm not going to give the numbers thing anymore. I did, it's, I've done it for like... I love the numbers. I know, but I, I'm now going over the same numbers again. Right, we've done so many shows that it's like, Wait. <laughs> it's the same guys. And then they're gonna, people are going to get confused. They're going to go, oh, episode Ray Burris, didn't, wasn't that a year ago? Wasn't that 100 episodes ago? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Same last two digits. You could say uh, the championship team from that no. calendar year. No, like, no. Until, until, until players have uh, three-digit numbers on their uniforms, I won't be able to do it. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Hepsher, alongside Toronto Mike. That's the other voice here. Today on the show, you know that I wrote a book called The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, right? And you know that Ron McLean wrote the foreword to that book? Well, Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, on the opening to the show, he talks about the subject of the book. My book, George Orton. And he talks about his relationship with Philadelphia because the Leafs were in Philadelphia to play the Flyers, whom they beat in the 11th round of the shootout later that night. Did I see any of it? No. Why? I was at a birthday party. Uh-huh. And, and even though they were all Leaf fans, we weren't allowed to watch the game. Well, there wasn't any television at the venue. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, but it was cool, eh, that Ron McLean talked about the subject of my book. And they were in Strathroy. Him and Tara Sloan were in Strathroy for Rogers Hometown Hockey. Strathroy Did Ron the, mention your the book? The birthplace of George Orton. No, he didn't mention the book. Well, it would have been nice be to just say Mark Hepshire wrote a book. No, 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 no. Why would he do that? Because you oh, can't plug it. would have been nice. He's a classy guy. You don't plug it off. Should I ask him about that? If I see him again? Yeah. Hey, listen, if that wasn't enough good news, Denny Shapovalov made the finals of the Rolex Masters in Paris after I had questioned whether or not he could beat the top players in the world. He beat a few of them. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are now 6-2 and two on the season. Dare I say it, they might make the playoffs. Playoffs? Because the New England Patriots finally lost a game. Mm. Will the Toronto Blue Jays go after soon-to-be free agent Edwin Encarnacion? I'll tell you the gold glove winners in baseball and why Jakob Voracek is a -a one-of-a-kind athlete. We'll check on the Raptors and much more, but first, there's something I need your opinion on, Mike and listeners uh, and viewers. We're uh, we're live on Periscope here. Well, by the time you watch it, it might not be live, but anyway, live to to tape, live to... Live to air. Live to air. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, And, of course, uh, the podcast here, uh, as you know. So here's what happened. Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf stars Mitch Marner and John Tavares are planning a surprise gift for an 11-year-old fan after his father made a plea on Twitter. Did you hear about this? Of course, yes. It was everywhere So yesterday. this was Sunday. A man named Jason, I'm not going to give last names because uh, there's going to be lawsuits flying and stuff like that. <laughs> what? Well, I just, you know, anyway. A man named Jason from Newfoundland tweeted a photo of his son, Cade, standing in front of a leaf-themed birthday cake. So it was his 11th birthday party, big cake, and right. on the cake are, are uh, figures of Mitch Marner and John Tavares. Uh, his two favorite players on the Maple Leafs. So it's a Maple Leaf cake. And um, so what happened was uh, the tweet read from the father, none of his invited friends came. I'm asking my Twitter friends to show him some love today. If you have a minute, and of course, who doesn't have a minute on Twitter, please send him a birthday wish. I added that part, and who doesn't have a minute on Twitter? That was me saying, <laughs> speaking. It wasn't part of the tweet, okay? Right. Editor's a, note. Right. So anyway, he tags at Marner93, at 91 Tavares, at Maple Leafs, and the hashtag is Leafs Forever. And there's a picture of him standing in front of the cake. Uh, in the background, the you can see that there were a couple of, you know, maybe a couple of cups and a couple uh, of Half-eaten hot there. dog, I zoomed half in. Half-eaten hot dog in the back <laughs> and a can of Coke and stuff like that. And the kid does not look unhappy. Like, he doesn't look like nobody showed up at his birthday party. Now, the uninvited guests. So I don't know how many guests were invited, and I don't know how many family members were there. Like, for example, I once had a party where one, only one guest that was invited amongst all my school friends came. Okay. O- only one. And I felt how old pre- were you? I, felt, uh, I was about around that age, okay. maybe 9 or 10. I'm and so, I felt so pretty shitty about it. I mean, my cousins were there, but they had to be there. Right. My aunts and uncles were there, but they had to be there. They weren't necessarily invited guests. They were like, you know, but the invited guests, in, in this case, were invitations were sent out to my schoolmates. And only one of them came, and he happened to live next door. He was, you know, and, and he was always hungry. But that's besides, he was like Eddie Haskell, too. But that's besides the point. I had it happen to me. Did I expect, no, let me ask you this. Mike, if one of your kids had a birthday party, yep. and none of the invited guests showed up, would you go on social media and tag your kid's favorite athletes and team and expect them to respond? Because you're a father, and you feel bad for your kid. Nobody showed up. Would you do that? Of course not. No, it's, it's actually, it's the last thing why, I would why do. Not? Because why I wouldn't want to uh, publicly humiliate my son any further. I wouldn't want, first of all, yeah. 
his classmates and everyone, everyone's going to see this. I don't think it, I think that's something you handle uh, if that were to happen. And I, I have a uh, doubts it happened, but if it were to happen, I think you handle that in the family. You, you don't broadcast that so that, you know, the star picks it up and then all of a sudden everybody knows his name, which is a very unique name. I've never heard any other kid of that first name. Maybe it's becoming popular and I'm just missing it. But now everybody knows his face and knows he, none of his friends came. And I don't, it's a big pity party and it's, uh, I would never do that. I'm not judging the dad for doing it. If it happened and the dad did it, like that's, that's fine. It sounds like good things are happening for this kid now. But I personally, my instincts would be to do the opposite, which is, you know, not broadcast this on Twitter. And I tweet a lot. Right. Now, if God forbid the kid was dying and as his last wish wanted to meet Marner or Tavares. Different story. Different story. If God forbid the kid was in a horrible accident. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. And hockey related or otherwise, let's say, or whatever sport. That's a different story because the kid is, you know, I mean, this is a, not a legitimate isn't the right word, but it's a situation where, you know, if, if people find out about it and he's a fan, you go, oh man, that's, oh, it's gotta be rough. The kid's in hospital or whatever the case different is. Different story. Different story. But because nobody showed up to the kid's birthday party, does that give license to any other parent or sibling or friend to go on social media, tag that person's favorite entertainer, musician, sports team, athlete, whatever it was, to feel bad for them and to take five seconds to go, like Jan Arden did, like Mark Hamill did, I, yeah. like all these Hollywood like, like stars or whatever, did. Ben Stiller did, right. and then go, hey, happy birthday, Kate. Like, that was it. Right. And so these, and also too, and I'm going to blame all these people too, because you're, that's part of the problem. Right. Did you stop to go, wait a second. I remember when kids didn't come to my birthday party, boy, I could have used a boost from people on social media or whatever. Remember, none of the people that went on social media to say, Hey, happy birthday. were invited to the party. Had they been and not shown up, I guarantee you they wouldn't have tweeted, hey, happy birthday. I, you know, right. So I don't know what the extent of The other one was, yeah. I don't know about this kid. Now, Kevin McGran, who we both know, a yes. Toronto star, wrote a story about it. He, I be don't believe he got in touch with the father or anyone in particular for any more details. I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, you can, I'm sure the, the father got lots of tweets and stuff like that. But So to my knowledge, I have not seen anything except for the quote of the tweet right. uh, of the background to the story. And I'm not saying that, I mean, Kevin's a great journalist and all that, but I'm not sure his assignment was, you go get to the bottom of this, because the story is like a 24-hour, um, you know, Twitter cycle type of story. Nobody wants the truth anyways. Right. So I'm thinking, well, why, why didn't anyone show up to the kid's birthday party? This is the way I think. Because I know why kids didn't show up to my birthday party. So why? Is there a reason? Is yeah. It, was it a holiday or uh, what was it? Well, my birthday's January the 1st. And you had the party on the 1st? Well, yeah. Okay, well, that was, that was a mistake. Uh, okay, I, bl well, I blame, blame your parents. Well, okay. So, <laughs> and it was a horrible blizzard. Okay. It was a horrible Mark, blizzard. Come on, you need these but, details. But wait a second. But doesn't, why, the guy four doors down still didn't come, right? But so, it, wasn't but, that, it wasn't that they didn't like you. It you was that. You uh, understand my point. I understand your point. We don't know the background. Yeah, I got a million kid. questions for this We guy. know that the picture that they showed, the kid did not look unhappy. He got, looks like he got his hot dog. He got his Coke. He got some gifts, right? Right. And like you say, he looks kind of maybe even a little sheepish, like like your son might look if his dad exposed the fact that nobody came to his birthday party. Well, like maybe he's not he a nice. Know, I don't like maybe he's point. not that nice of a kid, right? Right? Maybe they know. like you know maybe maybe he's new in the school. Like we don't know the background and and hasn't fit in with the other kids. Or maybe they put the wrong date on the darn what? invitation. Who knows what it was? Questions. Who knows what it was? But to go, but you're right. You see, as a father, I would feel for my kid. But as far as good parenting goes, I go, well, right. lesson learned for, for the parents right, and, and for the kid. Right. Right? Lesson learned. Like, okay. go talk to the parents of these kids who didn't show right. up. Don't, but don't now, do that. But now what's going to happen now is when you see, uh, someone sees this and goes, look at this, Jan Arden, Ben Stiller, Mark Hamill, Zach Hyman, Mitch Marner, Free John Tavares, to all, all of them. And now they're planning and we don't know, but they've said we're sending a special surprise to you. So we don't know what that is in Newfoundland, whether it's going to show up at the kid's door. But this is all because this is all because a bunch of kids who were invited didn't show up to a birthday party. If that happened, this gives license to every single person out there to go, "Hey, may as well try." Hey, listen, my son lost his two front teeth and he uh, sprained his ankle playing hockey and he can't walk for the next week. How about a shout out? You know, 
to, to Kawhi Leonard, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Raptors, whatever it is. Like, right. hoping for something. Right. Meanwhile, you know, there's there's teams and players that they go to the hospitals to see the kids in the hospital, that you see the looks on their faces. It's wonderful. It's fabulous. Sure, it's a great PR move and all that, but it's a genuine thing. It's all PR. You know, the players, any of the player that I knew would never go, oh, I don't want to go to the hospital. Man, are you kidding? They got kids of their own. They see, But that's so different than, Mike, nobody showed up at the kids' birthday party, so could you please do this? When this news, when I first saw oh. that, uh, this tweet and that people were actually, you know, buying in on this, uh, I was thinking, you know what I thought of initially? You thought of me? No. What's Hebsy going to say about it on the podcast? I thought of that blizzard of whatever. <laughs> I got to say, I was thinking, remember Balloon Boy? Okay, first thing I thought it was Balloon Boy. Remember the dad said that he had this balloon contraption in his, I don't know, his five year old got mm-hmm. into it right and cnn it and everybody's all it was over all a hoax it was all a hoax i gotta say i guess i'm a cynical bastard i don't know I'm, i always view these things cynically but the fact that there's been zero and it does at the end of the day it does not matter i'm not going to go do the fact checking but kevin mcgran who's a great no, journalist at least pr went obviously this least pr saw this they saw the hashtags and went this, this is great this is a great story and you, you can't even question it. it i questioned it on twitter like i questioned what like i question? said where's the fact check i questioned whether this actually happened okay and i got i had to block people like people got nasty with me like and i'm telling you i'm even hesitant to say anything now except to say there's been Zero fact checking. Don't on worry, this. you're protected on this <laughs> on this podcast. I don't even need a DNA analysis on the half-eaten hot dog in the background of the photo. Nah, like, okay, yeah. let's say let's say this. I don't believe it happened, but I'm told apparently it has happened. But that nobody came to the party. No, 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 no. None of the invited guests. You see, it's worded that way. Did None he invite of two the kids, invi- and they had other. Not- we don't know, plans? and that, again, that's just it. Was there was there a massive was there a typhoon in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, the, the day of his party, and they right. couldn't they couldn't make it even so if they many want. details does he matter live, here. Does he live on an island that's basically uninhabitable, mm-hmm. and there's no way to get to his party? And I want to see: did the invitations have the correct date and everything? Yeah, no. no, the other thing. Well, how about this? Can can people not show up via Skype? Dude, I couldn't make it, but <laughs> okay. I'm skyping or I'm can't facetiming you. Can't do pin the tail on a donkey. No, you can't. Skype. Okay, fine, but at least you can. Oh, you've never sat. Uh, listen, I've sat around a table before where two people are skyped in oh i've never done that oh yeah and everyone's for a big family dinner i think it was i don't remember what the occasion was it was oh. a big dinner and two of them were from out of town and they like skyped in or they facetimed in and we put them like we put the the um the devices okay. on the table so that everyone could see them and they could see everyone what's the big deal do you are you familiar with moonshazen syndrome i'm not okay moonshazen syndrome it's very sad it's when a parent maligns uh, symptoms and illnesses with their child in order to get attention from doctors, etc. Interesting. Right? And this is a very real syndrome and it's very, very sad. So a healthy child is in and out of hospitals all the time because the parent feeds off the attention. I'm not suggesting anything here, but... I'm not so sure, like you said, that this is something that we should glorify. So You're saying you can't believe everything you, you read. You can't believe everything you read. You should probably, by default... Especially on Twitter, right? Yeah. Check the source and... Uh, and again, and, you and, and I are fathers. And also, he, and the picture is incriminating evidence because the kid does not look unhappy. The kid <laughs> looks like... He doesn't look like, first of all... If nobody showed up at my party and I was really upset, and my dad said, "Look how set Mark is," I certainly wouldn't pose for a picture with the cake with a with and a you sure wouldn't smile. publicize it so the world will know his <laughs> name, right, know what kid, he looks like, and know that he has no friends. My kid, my, both my kids, they would have killed me oh, yeah. if they found they would have been mortified. They would have killed me if they found out I brought to attention on social media the fact that nobody showed up for the kid's birthday party. Kid feels bad enough. Doesn't need dad going, oh, come on, how about a, hey, Jan Arden, hey, Ben Stiller, hey, Mar- how, about a, how about a hug and a kiss for my son who you'll never meet? And I guarantee you next year for his 12th birthday, you're not going to remember. I guarantee you that of all the people that wished him happy birthday on Twitter, it was a nice, nice gesture. It's the gesture. It's nice. You know, we're a guy. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday. Next year, they're not going to go, oh, it's Cade's birthday. Remember what happened to him at last year's party? Follow-up story. Three people show up next year. Right, Eight. it's only uh, and w- and soon we'll probably All see right. Kate at a Leaf game and uh, meet. Oh no, he's him. already been invited by the Buffalo Buttes. That was another one. I think someone might have thought that he was from Toronto or something like that. Right. They're like, "Hey, drop by in Buffalo. Have you ever in Buffalo? The kids from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland." Now, I I can't speak for everyone in Newfoundland. I'm thinking they're not going to be around Buffalo. Maybe anytime. No, soon. the Leafs will fly him into Toronto though, and he'll get to a Leafs game. You watch. No way. You, uh, no, 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 because they missed no chance. If that happens, I'll go off the deep. It's good. okay. I can't wait no, for that episode. No, no, no. Okay, so Saturday night, I'm at a friend's birthday party. Okay, my friend oh, Terry. You went to his friend's friend, party. I, I, I'm at a friend's birthday party. Yeah, it's not an 11 year old kid. He's a Leafs fan, and all just about everybody at the party were Leaf fans as well. 
who maybe under normal circumstances, if there wasn't a birthday party, might be watching the Leaf games or keeping an eye on Of them. course. Anyway, there's no TV at the venue where the party's being held. So that's fine. So, you know, I got my device. I can check every so often. Like, you know, most mental cases do. Like, I like crazy <laughs> about hockey. Ah. Sure. Anyway, during the course of the party, my brother texts me that Ron McLean on Hockey Night in Canada, on the opening to the show, is talking about the link between Toronto and Philadelphia, because the Leafs are playing the Flyers, and how George Orton, the subject of my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, and the first Canadian to win an Olympic gold medal, was responsible for the birth of hockey in Philadelphia. Right. Now, I didn't see the item. I didn't see it, but, but I missed it too. he sent me a couple of screenshots. It was on the opening to Hockey Night in Canada. And Dale Cadeau sent And uh, Dale Cadeau, yes, pictures. and thank you, Dale, so thank for you, that. Dale. So sent pictures with a little bit of a background as to what had been said. So if I was sitting, if I was watching the game, I'd be going, ah, ah, he's talking about my subject. It's very exciting, even to find out about it secondhand. Now, Ron should know, of course, because he wrote the foreword to the book, but also he was in... Uh, Strathroy, Ontario, the birthplace of George Orton for Rogers Hometown Hockey with Tara Sloan. So they got this whole Strathroy thing. And it's too perfect. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But he should have mentioned your book. No, I don't. See, that's just it. You know, people were like, hey, how come you didn't mention the book? I, I did. Would you normally do that? Like, if you were introducing a guy, would you say, and of course, you're never. If there's heard of this only guy. one, the, the definitive book on this topic yes. is your book. And the only book. Right. It's the only book. And he probably knows the story because he, oh, he probably read the book for the foreword he wrote just like a year well, ago or whatever. So of course he did. it's kind of uh, noticeable by it. Uh, and I mean, you're not working for the competition. Like, you're no, not but, a but TSN wouldn't it sound? Wouldn't it sound pretty self serving? He said, mm, by the way, that's the book that I wrote the foreword to while he's doing well, No, he doesn't say Canada. that part. He should say. He doesn't have to say Mark Hebsher wrote a great book on but this. But if afterwards someone goes, geez, Ron McLean wrote the foreword, no wonder he was promoting his own. Well, he doesn't get paid for you. Doesn't matter. Does his optics, baby? It's optics. Oh, he promotes Battle of the Blades every 10 minutes. He can't well, talk about your book. Oh, okay. And I love this guy. All I think right. Ron McLean's a great, a great guy. I'm, a great look, I'm thrilled that he mentioned it. The fact that he didn't say it's you know subject of a book by Mark Hebsher, I'm fine. I'm okay with that. I'm angry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I can't see the game. I'm checking my phone for updates. I find out from my brother and then later from Dale Cadeau that there was a nice little, I don't know about essay, but a portion of the opening of the show that was dedicated to Orton. And there was a shot of him playing for the University of Pennsylvania hockey team in like 1897 and, and uh, some other shots of him. And he's from Strathroy and stuff like that. So that's cool. Anyway, I'm checking the phone during the course of the evening while speeches are being made for the birthday party. And the, I see the Leaf game has gone into overtime, and then there's a there's a power play for Philly, and I'm you know, checking and checking, and one of one of the guests at the party is kind of like, uh, "How are the Leafs doing?" <laughs> if it goes to a shootout, you surely going, you could set in, up your iPod or something and get all the every all the fans gathered. I'm around. sure the I'm sure the woman that was that put the party together for her husband would have been thrilled that I did that. I'm sure she would have just. Oh, loved, I would have done that. I'm sure she. Maybe that's why I don't that. get invited to parties. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so anyway, eleven rounds of the shootout. Are you kidding me? I, I, after they go three on three and the Leafs kill a penalty and all that, eleven rounds of the shootout, and and then in the eighth round, both teams score. That's yeah. like a baseball game that goes seventh in the seventeenth inning. One team scores in the top of the seventeenth, take the lead. The other team right. ties it in the bottom of the seventeenth. Then they end up going twenty-one innings. That's nuts. So did you eventually see this shootout? No, I didn't. I never did. It was I, pretty bad. Like, oh, I, I never did it. But okay. here's why: uh, you can get um, you can get the complete the full game uh, on YouTube. I don't want to watch the whole game, no. or you can get like a ten-minute. Uh, uh, encapsulated version of it, or like a three. So I watched the ten minute version. Well, they didn't show every shot, oh. every single shot in the uh, in the shootout. They showed like a couple of misses and then the winning goal. Because for them to show how many uh, twenty two shots yeah. in the shootout would take a while, wouldn't it? Anyway, so um, I missed that. By the way, that analogy you used, that great, baseball analogy, yeah. uh, Brian, who's watching on Periscope, yeah. uh, had same thought he thought of it's that's the great equivalent great analogy you used there thank, thank you thank you for that brian uh in the meantime uh it was a great party that i went to and um my my friend terry's a real golfer we've gone golfing a lot of times this year so it's his birthday so they had a little golf putting green set up in the party room and uh i got beat by a five-year-old a five-year-old knocked oh. in two of the three putts from about 15 oh. feet away knocked the two of them that's in a, she could a... barely hold the putter oh. okay and i'm like oh okay that's great that's great Paige. thank you very much okay Okay, if you ever do get a chance to see the twenty-two shots, there was it was really weak. Like I felt like well, if I the were in it, I would have. The goalies were awesome. No, the shots were the shit. shots were terrible. Like really bad. Like that what? you would have stopped most of these. Oh, really? Uh, shots. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I'm a lot sure, of times they couldn't I'm sure even. Freddie Anderson <laughs> and Brian Elliott are happy to hear that. I haven't you could have stopped those, baby. It was easy. <laughs> okay, tweet of the week was on Friday night. It came from uh, uh, Brady uh, Tret Tretnero. Uh, he he writes hockey. 
and includes a video from the New Jersey Philly game on Saturday. And it says, the tweet says, Damon Severson of New Jersey gets called for high sticking on uh, Jake Voracek. Voracek then tells the refs the stick didn't get him and the call is reversed. And I'm looking at the video and of course, sure enough, he, uh, Voracek thought he was going to get hit in the face with this stick by Severson and he kind of reacted. He flinched. So, yeah, he, well, it was a pretty big flinch. And the refs immediately, his arm went up and he... Uh, called a penalty on Severson for high sticking. And as Severson's going to the penalty box, Voracek goes over to the ref and says, it, didn't, it never touched me. Now, there was no penalty for simulation or unsportsmanlike conduct for Voracek for what looked like faking because he wasn't, he wasn't faking. He, was, he, he, he literally was thought he was going to get... A blade was coming to his face. He thought he was going to get hit in the face. Right. And so, and I'd never, Mike, I've never seen this before. And to me, J Jakob Voracek, Jake Voracek, is like... He wins the humanitarian award. He wins whatever award <clears throat> there is to give to the most honest guy, a, a real mensch, because I guarantee this right now, Mike. Yeah. If this happened in the playoffs. Oh, I was going to ask you that. It was a big game or something like that. And you, uh, you know, I, I'm like, for example, for example, what if Wayne Gretzky in 1993, game six in LA, goes to Kerry Fraser, Follow me on this. He goes to Kerry Fraser and he goes, yeah, Kerry, look, yeah, it's my stick. I'm responsible for it. I cut Dougie and I deserve to go for five, a five minute power play. Bedlam. <laughs> Can you imagine? But, but I believe it's possible that had that happened in the regular season in October, or early November, and it happened and, and the other guy got called for a penalty, Gretz would have gone, no, no, I'd never. I, I don't think that it works that way. Like you, I think what, Voracek did is different than what that like if it one if right. the call's missed you leave it missed right, but if right, the call's right. made but it's erroneous this Correct. is very I've never seen it before never, no way he does this in, in the any playoffs. sport I've never seen a guy go to the official and reverse a call that went in his team's favor it's wild that's what I'm talking about a call that went in his team's favor whether it was a non-call a call that shouldn't have been I I I I give all the credit in the world but here's what I'm thinking like what did his teammates say like what if they what if it would have cost him the game. Like if you're a Flyers fan, you go, what the hell? Well, there's probably a lot of Flyers fans who are mad at him for his honesty because... No, uh, I can't believe they're mad at him for his honesty. For sure. No, I can't you believe You know that. how uh, some fans are. It's like, whatever, win at all costs. If you have to bowl over your grandmother to do it, you do it. Yeah? You, yes, there are, there's a segment of fans who are probably disappointed and angry at him right. for costing them a power play. Has anyone out there listening, viewing, let, please let me know. I'm interested in this. Has anyone seen an athlete at that high level? High sports, level, that's key. High level of sports. Not slow Tell pitch. the referee to reverse a call that went in favor of his team. Please, yeah. I'm really interested in knowing and this. And Mark, for the record, if it was a playoff game, do you think he does the same thing? I can't say. I, yes, I do, because I think he's that kind of a guy. I think he wouldn't be able to sleep. He wouldn't be able to sleep. But then his the guy teammates got a would be mad at him. Yeah, maybe so. You're, you're probably, you're, you could be right, I know, but it wasn't a playoff game. It was regular season, but still. Right. I never saw it in an exhibition game. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Denny Shapovalov lost to world number two, Novak Djokovic, 6-3, 6-4 in the final of the Rolex Paris Masters 1000. Uh, how did Shapo reach the final? Well, world number one, Rafa Nadal, withdrew just minutes prior to their uh, Saturday semifinal uh, scheduled match uh, um, against the 20-year-old Canadian. So he's just about to go in. And I'll set Saturday. By Saturday morning at 11.30, I was like, don't talk to me. Shapo's going to play Rafa. This is going to be big. I wanted to see that match. And then just as they're coming out in the court, en français, mesdames et messieurs, et monsieur Nadal, bien sûr. He was uh, injured, and uh, there's no, um, there, there was no revelation as to what the injury was. Mm -hmm. We don't know if it was a leg, an arm, you know, a bad headache, whatever the case was. But they now say that he may not be able to compete in the ATP finals next week in London, which is the top eight players in the world, right. all the big boys. So we'll see what happens there. Prior to that, Chapeau had a great week. Uh, prior to running it to the Joker, of course. He beat Gilles Simon, who withdrew after four games. They were tied 2-2. Followed up with wins over number 11, Fabio Fognini. Number 6, Alexander Zverev. And number 15, Gael Monfils. In the quarterfinals on Friday, it was a fantastic match. Really good match, okay? And he avenged his loss in the third round of the U.S. Open this year to Monfils. Chapeau uh, now ranked number 15 in the world. Felix wow. Oje Alaysim is number 21, I believe. Uh, Milos Raonic is number 32. In the post-match press conference, what kind of T-shirt is Chapo wearing? A Raptors 905 <laughs> T-shirt. Yeah. Wow. A Raptors 905 shirt. That's amazing. Now, there's the most famous. That's got to be <laughs> the most famous uh, fan of Raptors 905. 
Big shout out to Chapo there. And uh, you know, you, you'll recall, and I admit to it, after that Stockholm win, I said, yeah, he won, and that's great, but he didn't beat anybody. Uh, and now he's beaten guys. His record, by the way, is now 4-16 uh, and 16, uh, against um, top 10 opponents this year. That's not good. 4-16. and 16. And the fourth win was against uh, Zverev, who was the number six, and I think six in the world or seven in the world. Anyway, I didn't see the new rankings. But Chappell, it sounds, sounds like he's turned a bit of a corner. Yeah, here, he's got right? confidence. And he's 20. We forget. He's 20. He's, tw- he's not 21 until uh, like uh, April. He's 20 years old. And that's a tough field of men. And remind me, he's a rich, he's a Richmond Hill guy. Who's which? Where is he from? Yeah, Richmond Hill. Okay, we're gonna claim him as a Torontonian then. Yeah, yeah, Richmond Hill part <laughs> of the GTA. It's close enough. Uh, meanwhile, on the ladies' side, Ashley Barty of Australia added to her already stunning year by winning her first WTA Finals title in her maiden appearance at the season-ending event in China. Six four six three win over defending champ Elena Svitolina of Ukraine. Uh, Three point seven million US dollars for Ashley Barty, biggest payday ever in women's tennis. Wow. Three point seven million. Dollars. Wow. Um, I'll tell you this right now. Had Bianca Andreescu not been injured, she would have kicked the shit out of this girl. She would have beaten her badly. She's a better player than Ashley Barty. But that's okay. Finishes the year at number four. That's pretty darn good. So who in the world is better than BB when she's healthy right now? Uh, I would say nobody. I would say when she's on her game. But she played a lot of tennis and was there's so many injuries for this girl. My God. She really needs a long rest. She needs to go away where I'm going, where I'm going off the grid. No one's going to be in touch with me. There's not going to be any contact whatsoever and just relax. Is she going to be with you? Tell us. Is no, that no, why you won't tell us where you're going to be? But she's going to go somewhere where I'm telling you, it's going, to be, it's going to be meditation, which she does. It's going to be calm, tranquility, nowhere near a tennis racket for, I don't know, man, whatever it takes. Rest, recuperate, recharge. That's what it's got to be. By the way, on Periscope, they're saying that person that was actually like closer to four point five million, like maybe. Oh, what, was it? Maybe you're undercutting it. Oh, I, th- I thought it was three point eight, uh, three point seven million US. So I don't know what that equates. Yeah, and at to that point, who's counting? Australian like, uh, or whatever. But yeah, it's the largest, <laughs> the largest pay. But you're right; it could be more because of the gate receipts or television. Sure. I don't know, but I think big yeah, bucks. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, BB would have won, but next year she'll be twenty. <laughs> and hopefully healthy. Well, and after the year that she had, it's, you know, it's okay. It's okay that she didn't win the uh, the finale. The New York Yankees, speaking of baseball, were we? Uh, declined the $20 million option on Edwin Encarnacion, who hit 34 home runs and had an 875 OPS last year. Uh, Mike, should the Blue Jays go after double E, considering they need a DH first baseman? He'll be 37 years old. Why even entertain this? There's not a chance. They can get him for about $14 million. They can get him for um, He's Nelson on the wrong Cruz side money. of the of Father Time's uh, spectrum there. No. I don't think that they're going to pay big bucks for somebody who's not part of the future. No. But also, it never works out when you bring someone back. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter who the player is. What about is. Tony Fernandez? It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's Wendell Clark. It doesn't matter. When the guy's had his best years with you, to bring that person back, unless it's for one day to sign a contract, you know, and, Which and is you nonsense. retired as a J and blah, stuff like that. It never. I mean, give well, me an me example. Think about it. Hold give on. Give me an think, example. What about Tony re- Fernandez? Because we went a Which World time? Series. Second time, third well, he, time. He went he a World Series. If he was a, the second time, he was a third baseman though when he came back to us, wasn't he? Well, I thought he was shortstop. Uh, okay, I, I I'm trying to remember the way. Was he? I thought the, the was it year Dick that Ricky Henderson came over. Oh, yeah, I feel I like we we got him. Okay, but he wasn't the same guy. But okay, all right, Tony Fernandez. But then he came back again. Then he came back. What about? I don't know. You're right. But you're never. Cliff Johnson was pretty good. But you can never. You can never come back and match. You know, especially if you were in your prime when you were here. You're in your David Wells. How about that one? Yeah, that's a good one. I I like my uh, David Wells. He was a starter when he came back. Right. Right. He was because he came in the Roger Clemens trade. Right. That's true. You're right. You're right. I think he was. He wasn't the same. Yeah. He wasn't the same guy. He was a much more polished pitcher. Okay, I'll give you that. Can we count Ty Domi? Does he count? But he did not. But he didn't establish himself when he was here the first time around. That's what I'm saying. I, but That's I get true. Your point. He was out of the bullpen. I get yeah. your point. Edwin established himself. Yeah. And remember, when the Jays got him for like virtually nothing, he was a third baseman. Yeah. Every time somebody hit a ground ball to third base, they was like, oh no, cross your fingers. And then they made him a first baseman and a DH, and he was pretty good. But he's going to be 37. Have you seen Vladdy's working out? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. He's working looking, out. Uh, looking lean and mean. Well, That's a I good mean, sign. yeah, I think after that first year, it was like, okay, Kung Fu Panda, it's <laughs> time to get in shape, kid. Stop <laughs> eating the uh, poutine or whatever it is. And, uh, your grandmother's cooking and all that stuff. Okay, so the Gold Glove winners were announced in baseball. I thought I, as a public service, I'm going to give you this because okay. um, uh, Roberto Perez of the Indians in the American League won as the catcher. Uh, uh, Danny Jansen was a finalist, so he finished top three. Matt Olson, second year in a row for the A's at first base. Uh, Justin Smoke was a finalist. 
finished in the top three. Uh, Yolmer Sanchez of the White Sox, his first career goal glove at second base. Matt Chapman, second year in a row for the A's at third base. Uh, Francisco Lindor, what a shortstop he is for the Indians, his second career goal glove. Alex Gordon won his seventh goal glove as an outfielder for the Royals. Terrific left fielder, great arm. Kevin Kiermeyer won his third goal glove in center field for the Rays, beat out uh, you know, our buddy Kevin Pillar, those two years that Pillar you right. know, would have had a shot. Kermeyer is a terrific fielder. Mookie Betts, his fourth career goal glove as an outfielder. And the pitcher Mike Leak of the Mariners, his first career goal glove. I don't know, goal gloves for pitchers? Hmm. Uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> In the National League, JT Realmuto of the Phillies at catcher, his first career goal glove. Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs, his third career goal glove at first base. Colton Wong of the Cardinals, his first career goal glove at second. Nolan Arenado. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Seventh goal glove uh, at third base. And I think he's been playing eight years. Second best baseball player of the name Nolan. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Different kind of player, but yeah, this guy's fantastic. Uh, Nick Ahmed of the Diamondbacks. Second career goal glove is the shortstop. David Peralta of the Diamondbacks. First career goal glove in left field. Uh, Lorenzo Kane winning his first career goal glove uh, with the Brewers. What a terrific outfielder. Never could win it with the Royals because there was Kiermaier and guys like that. Right. Uh, and Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers wins his first career glove, a goal glove as an outfielder. And Zach Greinke of the Diamondbacks and the Astros, sixth career goal glove. So you got teams like the Diamondbacks and the A's who had multiple players. The A's made the playoffs, wildcard team, and the Diamondbacks were pretty good too. I think, 80, I think 88 and 74 was their record. So you've got to have good defense. Pitching and to. defense wins Pitching championships. And defense. And I uh, read that somewhere. Jays need that. The Jays need that. So there's your little baseball story there. And there's like 135 free agents, which eventually we'll talk about who the Jays might go after. Will they go after anybody? Well, do you would, think they're going to, I know it just quickly, yeah, they will. Passing, they'll spend they money. Will. They'll spend money. Like real money or well, the, uh, they're discount gonna, bin no, stuff? No, they're, yeah, uh, discount bin stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They're not going to. Well, okay. And smoke is gone for sure, right? I mean, almost. Well, they could. They've got another couple of days if they want to go after him. I I think, I don't think they're going to go that way. For the same reason they won't go after Edwin. He's 33 years old and whatever, and he's past his prime, and you want to go young? Young and and inexpensive, then you can find some. And controllable. They love that. Yes. Uh, Control. Control is a good word. That's a Control freaks. Right. Uh, The Toronto Raptors have failed in their first two tests against Eastern Conference rivals on the road. A week ago Friday, they went into Boston, coughed up a lead against the Celtics. Saturday, they visited Milwaukee. They got blown out in the first half, trailed by 16 at the break. In the third, though, the Raptors scored 40 points. 40 in the third and cut the Bucks lead to just five points after three quarters. And then in the fourth, they went ice cold scoring 15 points. So you get 40 points in the third and then, wow. and then, ugh. uh, they but that's lo- some nice, uh, championship swagger yeah. for, for that squad. Not bad. Uh, eventually they lost 115, 105. Kyle Lowry led the way 36 points. Pascal Siakam struggled. He managed just 16 points. He's averaging 26 a year, uh, a game. And he fouled out for the second time this year, second time in six games. So I'm a bit concerned that, and I've seen some of them are real ticky-tack fouls. It's just too much. He's trying to do too much. But they got to find a way because you, you need to have Pascal Siakam on the floor at the end of the game, not fouling out. Right. So someone else is going to have to take his defensive responsibility or he's just going to have to learn that he can't block every shot and he can't challenge every shot. But other than that, what a player. Love watching him play. The Greek freak led the way with the buck, for the Bucks, 36 points, 15 rebounds, and was 14 of 20. From the field. Pretty good. Both teams now 4-2 and two on the season. Raptors don't see action again until Wednesday when they host the lowly Sacramento Kings, a franchise that has won one NBA championship. Not as the Sacramento Kings, Mike. Do you know what city oh. this franchise res- resided in when they won their only NBA title? Anybody out there? <laughs> Mind you basketball fans. I don't have to. He doesn't know anything about basketball. Believe me, I know more about basketball than you'll ever learn. Especially the history of basketball. So the Sacramento Kings were what? What franchise were they when they won their only NBA championship? Think about that one. I don't know. Rochester, New York, baby. Oh, yeah. I the Rochester lost. Royals in 1951, who wow. became in the late 50s the Cincinnati Royals, who became the Kansas City Kings, who became the Kansas City Omaha Kings who became the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Tyler That's did your, guess on Periscope uh, Cincinnati. But, uh, wrong. Cincinnati began in Rochester. That's where they won the championship. Before the big O, Oscar Robertson uh, played for that team. So there you go. A little bit of basketball history there. Kawhi Leonard shot 9 of 26 for 30 points. 9 of 26. That sounds like Allen Iverson lines. Yeah, uh. like 36%. <laughs> but he had 18 points in the fourth quarter as the Clippers remained unbeaten at home with a 105-94 win over the Utah Jazz. By the way, Mike, do you know that the Raptors will be in L.A. a week from today? 
to play those same Clippers. Listen to this schedule. They got the Pelicans Friday in New Orleans. They got the Lakers Sunday at the Staples Center. Then the Clippers the next night, also at the Staples Center. Those are both road games. Yikes. Staples Center and Staples Center. And then they've got the Trailblazers Wednesday in Portland and the Mavericks a week from Saturday in Dallas. That is some tough road trip. Some tough road trip. We got to win in New Orleans. Got to win in New Orleans. Man, those other games. Honestly, this is where we're, let's, I mean, let's Well, you got to know. You got to be able to win on the road, don't you? That's how they won the championship last year. They won it in Golden State at the Oracle in the final game ever played there. So they can play on the road. But again, this road trip is going to be a real test. How many minutes are you going to play guys like Siakam? Right? I mean, if it was Kawhi playing on the team, he would have gotten some load management for sure. He wouldn't play both those games in L.A. right back to back. Can you not play Siakam back-to-back? Is it possible that you would rest him a few games? And Brian points out that uh, Lowry's going to have his minutes cut, like a load management. Yeah, you got to, man. You got to. That's a rough road trip, baby. That's very, very difficult. NFL now. The Buffalo Bills held on to beat the Washington Redskins 24-9 at Orchard Park yesterday. The Bills are 6-2 on the year. The Deadskins (laughs) fall to 1-8. Check this out. The Bills wins this year, six of them, have come against teams that have a combined record of 7-31. Horrible. Every one of their wins have been against shitty teams. Interesting. What an interesting first half of the schedule for the Bills. Six and two. Can you say playoffs? Maybe. Maybe. But they're going to have to prove that they can beat better teams. teams. I don't know about that. I'd like to know how many teams went six and two and missed the playoffs. Oh, a lot. Especially if you look at their schedule. I don't know. Maybe maybe Brian Brian will look that up. Somebody will do that. Anyway, uh, yesterday they get the Skins, who have already fired their coach this year, and are playing their third-string quarterback, rookie Dwayne Haskins. The Bills got 140 yards of total offense from running back Devin Singletary, while quarterback Josh Allen went 14 for 20, 160 yards and a touchdown. So the Bills, yeah, they're in a playoff spot now, second in the uh, AFC East, but uh, the Jets are horrible, who have they beaten? The Dolphins are ugh, disgusting, who have they beaten? The Bengals haven't won a game this year. Right. The Redskins, <clears throat> I mean, they just beat lousy teams. Um, New England saw their unbeaten record go down the tubes as they lost 37-20 to the Baltimore Ravens. Pats now 8-1 on the season, leaving San Francisco as the only unbeaten team in the National Football League. The Bengals had a great weekend. <clears throat> they entered play with a record of 0-8, and since they had a bye, they're still 0-8. So how'd you like to be on an 0-8 team and you can't even play on the weekend? You didn't lose. Right. You didn't go to 0-9. Uh-huh. You couldn't even play. Like you're sitting there. You can't even you know, change the course of history. You've got to wait another week to see if you can uh, you know, win your first game of the year. So on our last episode, I was going on about TFC playing the Seattle Sounders in the MLS Cup on Sunday. This was last on Friday. I'm yeah. going, it's going to be a great weekend. Right. Sunday. Right. I'm all excited about the game. <laughs> and so I didn't check the date and didn't realize the game is uh, this coming Sunday. So I rushed home yesterday. I said, come on, TFC, we got it. So we changed our plans, rushed into the TV. I go to the guide, and I'm like, where the fuck is the game? What's going on here? Where is this game? Under-17 championship, what's all that about? So I'm looking for this game, and I, I, it's 3 o'clock, so I'm thinking, it says 3 o'clock. I'm thinking, oh, 3 o'clock. Must be 3 o'clock Seattle time, 6 o'clock. So I go forward in the TV guide, and it's not there. So I can't believe it. How can it not be on? Why is TSN showing football at 17? <laughs> and I go back, and it says Sunday, November 10th, and I go, Oh, it's oh, it's a week from today. Right. It's a and I'm thinking to myself, oh, like how dumb could I could I be? <laughs> you and I'm all fooled. excited about it too because I planned my Sunday because I want to see the MLS Cup. I had it in my calendar because uh, Hebsey says it's Sunday at three. <laughs> I'm know. not missing and this. You, and you agreed with me. <laughs> of you course. Didn't say Hebsey. Why would they, I, I obviously why would they have the game four it. days later? Hebsey, why would they? But do Saturday that? morning, <laughs> Laura Armstrong sent a tweet that says something like eight days to go was yeah. how it started. And I said, I said to Monica, my wife, and I said. Uh, Oh, <laughs> the game's not tomorrow. Whoops. It's uh, the week tomorrow. So Sorry about that. It's, uh, so it's this Sunday. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I, got, I was so excited. And I thought, geez, a week from Sunday, man, there's gonna, no one's going to even be talking about soccer. Is Altidore playing? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm excited. I think he had a lower body injury. Do you think this team is getting the respect it deserves no, of for three not. finals in four years? Of course not. Not, not now they're not. They're not. They're, they're number, at, like we always say, they're number four in the market, they but they're off. a distant four. They locked off last. They knocked off last year's champion Atlanta, who had lost like two games all year. They knocked off New York City Football Club, who won the Eastern Conference in a laugh. I mean, they're giant killers. Yes, and if but, Altidore comes back, baby. Okay, but this market of ours, right? Okay. Jays are huge when they're successful anyways. <laughs> Leafs are, of course, the Leafs. They're huge. And we just saw what happens when the Raptors are successful. Yes. It was bananas. But those are the, those three, those teams have success. We're it's all spilling small, on the streets. But when the TFC... It's a small part of the population. It's a different... It's a small part of the population because you know you can't compare Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam with Josie Altidore and, uh, and uh, you know... Uh, Ponzuelo. Uh, uh, 
Pozuelo, yeah. Alejandro Pozuelo. <laughs> You're right, you can't. But within the soccer community, yeah, for sure. But for those kind of casual fans who might jump on a bandwagon, like people that didn't know anything about basketball but jumped on the Raptor bandwagon because they're playing great, it's going to take, you're right, it's a little more difficult with soccer. It's a little Also, a lot of the more. soccer community <clears throat> prefers other leagues. Like, there'll be, there'll be like, the MLS oh, yeah, is sure. a joke. Uh, it's a, you know, it's not compared to what I, we have, whatever, in Premiership or Germany or Italy right. or whatever. That's very true. Or La Liga in España. Right. Or I mean, the South American <laughs> leagues. Or the, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's not best true. on best. Like, with the NBA, we know Correct. the best players in the world Correct. are here. But still, locally, you've got, uh, and I don't know about across the country, because you've got Montreal's got a team, and Vancouver's got a team. <clears throat> and there's also, a, isn't there a Canadian soccer league that they're showing games? Is it the CPL? Is I don't know what no? it's called, but isn't there, there's a new soccer league. Uh, there's some people in the broadcast business that are involved because there are some broadcasts again. I don't know if they stream them or whatever, but I don't know what that league is. I think Hamilton's got a team, Toronto, but I'm not sure about anything. And I apologize for that. Maybe that's the Fury. Maybe that's the team the guys are talking about. The Fury. Isn't the Fury is a, a women's team? hockey team? I thought there might have been two. Maybe there's more than one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. Which might have closed down. Sorry, right? not sorry. Because they closed the Canadian hockey, women's hockey league, right? Yeah, there's now that's the right. NA, and mm-hmm. there's no Toronto franchise in the no, NHL. Maybe it's in the, maybe it's the North American. Women's we, have, we have to do a little homework. The here. National Women's Hockey League. Is there a team called the? Anyway, forget it. Uh, in the EPL yesterday, that's the the English Premier League. Right. We that's, your, that's your uh, that's your shirt. The, that's the number one league in in the world. That's the most popular okay. football soccer league in the world, not MLS. And I am wearing the shirt of Tottenham Hotspur. So I'm watching the game yesterday morning. Everton drew 1-1 with Tottenham at, um, at Goodison Park in, uh, in Liverpool. But there was a terrible incident in that match that saw Andres Gomez of the Toffees oh, go yeah. down with a grotesque ankle injury, so grotesque uh, as a result of a challenge by Son Young-min, the uh, uh, Korea, South Korean international, great player for Tottenham. Uh, um, Son was given a red card for the challenge but was so distressed at the incident that he began crying on the pitch. He put his hands on his head and he started to cry horrified, as did other observers, other players on the pitch, the referee even. The incident was so horrific, they refused to show replays on television. That's how grotesque the ankle injury was. Um, Is this like I Kevin ex- Ware? Like I could uh, explain this to you, but think Joe Theismann. So both it was horrible. Exposed. Horrible. And you could only see that on a, if you were to take a screen grab of the video uh, from the wide away. That's how horrible it was. So the decision to not show this, so no one... No one in the stadium saw the replay of it. It happened so quickly. No one on television saw it. And then when people realized, like there was just silence. Then when people realized, when they saw the reaction of the players on the pitch mm-hmm. and the reaction of Son, when he, he put his hands on his head and he just started like, like wailing. Right. And other people, players from the other team came to him and the referees and his own teammates to console him. And even though he got red carded, it wasn't intentional. It was the result of this flying tackle that he made where the guy, and, right. and, 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 and this, uh, oh my God, this Gomez guy, he actually, f- uh, his head, not his head, but he ran into the um, uh, Serge Aurier of Tottenham. So it was, a, it was a complete freak accident. They didn't show it. And it was just horrible. So no replays on TV. People in the stadium were like, what happened? And then they, when they saw the severity and they saw the reaction, they just, everybody just freaked out. I so, saw the video on Reddit. Uh, purposely didn't look at the player. I looked at the reaction. Oh, I actually don't like... I no, don't like... No, I don't want to see it, that. It makes me queasy to oh, see uh, it. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. And even Everton players said after the match, they would have rather lost the match than see their comrade go down with that oh. terrible injury. So Son's teammate, uh, Deli Ali of Tottenham said, quote, Son is devastated and in tears. It's not his fault. Son is one of the nicest people you've ever met. He can't even lift his head up. He's crying so much. Never seen anything this horrific before. Hope I never have to see it again. And now that I think of it, the Joe Theismann play, they ran the replay 25 times, 1,000 times, right? Greg Luganis hitting his head on the diving board was another one where he went to do this back t- pike two and right. a half twist or whatever, and he, met, and he, and he hit his head on the board. Right. And, then, and then when he landed in the water, he was like unconscious and the blood was coming. It was horrible. That was horrible. But I mean, things like that are just, God, I don't want to see that ever. I want to see that ever. Um, so yeah, that was just, and, and, you know, for the rest of the game, it was like, it was like, people were in like at a catatonic state. It was just, yeah. It it's tough awful. to play after that. It must yeah. have been really difficult to play after that. Um, all right, before we go, I, I need to talk about these websites where you get congratulated on, okay, I get it on your birthday. You know, you're on Facebook, whatever. Hey, happy birthday. It's your birthday today. Everyone knows that. Okay, nice. But on LinkedIn, for example, 
Right. I'm getting all these messages. Now, I don't get <laughs> messages from on LinkedIn, and normally I don't even, if someone wants to get in touch with me, they'll find a way better than LinkedIn to get in touch with me. They'll, it's not that difficult, right? Right. Uh, and LinkedIn is more You're for- You're an accessible guy. Yeah, LinkedIn's more for business anyway. Like, hey, I just wanted to say. So normally when I see I got a message on LinkedIn, I don't pay that much attention because no one's going to offer me- you know, a job for, you know, $50 million or anything like that. Or if they want to get, they'll, if they, they, find they want to get they'll find me. But so I know what it is. It's, it's, it's the anniversary. It's my work anniversary. Now, I don't know how it came about. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I can erase it anywhere. I'm trying to go into my profile. What the hell? But it's like, congratulations on your work anniversary. I'm like, what work anniversary? First of all. And, and do you want to know which one? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me what it's one. It's not this one. Uh, you started up where you would, people would say, Hey, can you record a play by play where maybe oh, oh, this guy, this right. birthday boy sports is scoring Fantasies the winning Unlimited. run or yeah, something. Yeah, it was a business that I had sports fantasy unlimited. So that's where what I it do was. Play by play stuff. So, <laughs> so I'm getting these and it's, of course it's clogging up my inbox. <laughs> like, you know, Bill has sent you a message. George has sent you a message. Every Billy, people I've never heard of are sending me messages, but it's good. And the message is, it's just a, you know, congratulations on your work anniversary. You just press one button, right? You have a choice between congratulations on your work <laughs> anniversary or congratulations or way to go. Or you could write a custom message. Or you could, yeah, but nobody does that. They but just this is hit, good because suddenly they, the they remember, oh, Hebsey, I liked him. What's he up to now? What's they click he up through. To Next now? thing you know, they're listening right. to Hebsey on So you're sports. saying I should respond to each one of these people going, thank you, but what you really need to do is tune into my podcast. Yes, you're promoting the wrong thing on your LinkedIn. You need to update LinkedIn with your new enterprise. I wasn't and- sure what it was from. Thanks for telling <laughs> me. I'll go in there and I'll change it because, and thanks to everybody. No, because I appreciate it. But it's just, I'm getting like hundreds of messages. And it's like, way to go. It's your work anniversary. <laughs> now, I honestly don't know anybody, anyone in any job, anywhere, where the company, unless it's a 50th anniversary, a big one, where mm-hmm. the company comes along and goes, hey, just want to let you know that 22 years ago on this day, <clears throat> you started at this company, so. Right. And your birthday's next week, so hey, it's a double party. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's I, your work date anniversary. The only thing that should happen there is you should get a bump in pay because it's one more year that you've worked <laughs> there, which means it's time for a contract renegotiation or an evaluation of your work. Isn't that what usually happens every year? Your your annual yearly evaluation, your report card in school. It's like way to go. You've been here for a year. Your marks are up. Congratulations. That's a reason to congratulate someone. Not that you've survived another year running a company that you know you don't even run anymore. If you have a party to celebrate your work anniversary, I just hope people show up. That's all I'm going to say on it's that. It's got to be a, it's got to be a big birthday. Now I know for a kid it doesn't matter. I mean, they're all big birthdays up until what age? Twenty one? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my boy's turning eighteen, and him and his buddies are going to do what they do every Friday night: is uh, hang out and. Eighteen's a big pizza. one, but when he turns nineteen, are you going to take him out for a drink? Oh yes, uh, yeah, I would love to do that. Okay. With tw- is twenty? Twenty going to be a big one? <laughs> well, you talk about for a father, they're all big for a father. I love any excuse to like uh, celebrate one of my kids' birthday. You're asking the wrong guy. If it's for friends and stuff, yeah, I don't know how big a deal twenty is for, for you know your buds right. or whatever. <laughs> but for a dad, I don't know about you, but I get excited when any br- oh, they're still younger, but every birthday because it's like a reason to shine right. a light on them and tell them how much you love them and take them out to dinner. I just right. like to make some noise about how right. proud you are of those right. kids. See, I tell my kids every day how much I love them, okay? <clears throat> so for to do it only on their birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. wrong. But I'm not allowed to tweet photos of the teens anymore. That's why all my photos are now like the little ones right. and the leaves and stuff. So I don't know how this dad of the 11-year-old is going to get got away with that. Promise with me kid. this. Promise me this. If God forbid... Any of your kids gets an infection, has to go to the hospital for any reason at all, has an adverse reaction to a flu shot or something like that, please go on social media. Ask, <laughs> ask Hoxley Workman. Ask Mo Berg from The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, he's a good guy. Ask Dave Hodge. All three good guys. Ask Bruce Arthur. I haven't met him ask, yet. Ask Gare Joyce. <laughs> ask Gallagher and Gross. Ask them all to send... Me- messages of hope to the to the child. I'd ask Hebsey. Uh, you know, wish you know, hope get better soon. Way to go. Hang in there because really, that's what we need. We need parents to bring out the fact that their child is suffering, and you're suffering through your child. Any parent will tell you your child suffers. You suffer. Well, this is moon and take that syndrome, suffering right? right. Take that suffering onto social media. And, and maybe Jan Arden will send you, you know, a nice little tweet saying, you know, get well soon. I just want a tweet from Mark Hebshire. That's all I, uh, I want. So. Do you think that when Mark Hamill tweeted, uh, you know, happy birthday to this kid, 
that everyone else that was in Star Wars felt compelled. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Mark Hamill did. Like, for example, when Mitch Marner and John Tavares did, did Zach Hyman and Travis Dermott go, Jesus Christ. If Tavar- <laughs> or William Tavar- No, Tavares is our captain. If right. he's tweeting a happy birthday to this right. kid, shouldn't I do it as well? Right. And while we're at it, shouldn't the Leafs throw a big party for this guy oh they will for this kid i and told like you, you will. say and fly him into the game they will so that they can recognize ladies and gentlemen please turn your attention to box 35 Cade. a guest of the maple leafs from newfoundland who no one showed up to his birthday party we're gonna embarrass the hell out of him in front of everyone there he is this poor kid look at him there's no one sitting with him that would be the best the leafs invite him to a game and he's all by himself in the private box. There's nobody. Even Carlton the Bear doesn't come over. I feel bad. And then they go, the least go, oh, geez, we're sorry, but everyone we invited to sit with him in the private box couldn't make it. I wish nothing but the best for young kids. He's got B.O. He's got... Oh, Oh, then we found out why he has no friends. He's a jerk. <laughs> well, no, because you have bo doesn't mean no, you're no, jerk. nothing to do with the bo comment. But we find out like eventually. Oh, the reason he has no friends is because he's a, he's a bully and he's mean to everybody. <laughs> what if that was the case? You know what? I think you should. I think that's interesting. I think that you should, Mike, take the bull by the horns and find out. <laughs> find out why nobody came to this kid's birthday party. You could do that. Find out why. Maybe the father's not a nice guy. Maybe their house smells from cabbage. Oh. And no one wants to. I don't oh. know. Okay, folks, that'll do it for episode 148 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Check out his excellent podcast, Toronto Miked. And a reminder that my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard of, can be purchased wherever fine books are sold. Uh, you can get it through Amazon. You can get everything through Amazon. Uh, and Indigo, too, but not as much as like on Amazon. Uh, the, the stories about Canada's first Olympic champion, a man named George Orton, who ended up in history's dustbin instead of the history books. Hey, if Ron McLean was talking about him on Hockey Night in Canada and his hometown of Strathroy, Ontario, it must be a great story. And by the way, he's going to be inducted into uh, University of Toronto's University College Alumni of Distinction next week. I'm going to be accepting the award on behalf of his uh, granddaughter. George Orton is going into the Alumni of Distinction wow. University College. And you're accepting the award. I'm going to accept Amazing. the award. Amazing. Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty uh, pumped about that. Hey, thanks for allowing us into your headspace. We're back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports very shortly. Until then, so long for now.